Welcome to episode two of Behind Golf with me, Dan Hendrickson. In today's episode, we're going to be catching up with the man behind Sub-70 Europe, the man behind 11 Golf. His name is Richard Hemmings. We're up here at his facility, and we're going to catch up with him to see what it is actually like to build a brand in golf. Well, what an opportunity. Episode two, we've got Richard Hemmings in the house. Well, actually, I'm in your house yeah. because we have come up to see you today to spend a bit of time together talking all things sub 70 talking all things 11 how's things with you really good really really busy at the moment yeah uh, obviously the sub 70 thing that's been going for three years now in the, in europe has been going ever so well 11 we relaunched uh, nearly 10 weeks ago is going phenomenal uh, our association with kbs has been a huge the relaunch has been phenomenal so yeah very very busy and and that's actually quite interesting you talk about kbs um you're talking about like a brand now that goes as a grip that goes with your clubs as well how important do you think that is to golfers hugely important it's just it, the kbs uh partnership for us is is massive just the the brand itself kbs are one of the world's best golf shafts uh, they're played by a lot of the best players in the world. And when you get that associated with your brand, it just it's elevated 11. And people are now taking the brand seriously, which is phenomenal. One thing I wanted to get from this podcast today yeah. is building a brand. You've gone from a club professional yourself yeah. um, to being really high into your retail side of things yeah. to them wanting to step out a little bit on your own and go right i'm going to create a brand which is 11 yeah how do you do that god long story really i'm inspired by a few people in my life uh, my father who's uh he's 93 now uh ex pga golf member uh great retailer uh I, i'm very very lucky to have some really good people in my life uh, a friend of mine called doug Burgoyne, who was a, a mentor of mine who was a, a marketeer many years ago uh, and i've met a few amazing people on, in our journey i uh, met mike ashley probably 20 years ago now from sports direct, sports direct yeah and just blew my mind absolutely the guy just blew my mind what he did with brands and there's certain situations meeting him and and I thought one day I could do this and it's taken a bit of time but we've got you know nearly there I think and we'll, I'll come back to that as we move on through this but just tell me where it starts your love for the game of golf where did it all kick start for you oh my, my father was a golf professional at the Herefordshire Golf Club uh, he moved there in 1970 so that's when I was born so I spent my whole 18 years of my uh, life at a golf course, living on a golf course. He was the pro and steward, uh, so I lived on the golf course in the in the in the, the accommodation. He was the pro, make the coffees on a Sunday morning, so I was just surrounded by golf from yeah. a young age. But retail, even though I played, I was quite a good player. Retail was my thing. Was your thing? And and your your game of golf. You say you were a decent player. Was that amateur level? Did that move into pro ranks? How did it How did it kind of go? For yeah, you? just play. Just played golf. Was scratch at fourteen. Right. Played county golf. Like most PGA pros, I was always going to be a pro. Yeah. There was no, from a, a young age, 
my dad was a pro. I was always going to be a golf professional. Uh, he was my hero, really, growing up. I just thought, and when you when you live on a golf course and surrounded by golfers, I thought that was it. I thought, you know, I thought everyone played golf. I thought the, I thought the golf industry and the golf was everything. Yeah. So growing up in that, and then obviously turned pro at twenty, uh, played four years in the regional stuff, went to tour school. 93 I think 90. where was where was tour, tour school back then oh uh, it was, was the manga no I tried to pre-qualify at Nottingham okay uh north sorry Northampton uh great golf course teed it up with Frederick Jacobson right he was like 19 year amateur shirt hanging out hat back to front long hair played 36 holes of golf with him walked off the 18th hole and said that's me done Really? He was so good. I played with some good players in my time. He was so good. And obviously, he won on the PGA Tour. Yeah, class and player. I, and I just knew from that moment, however good I practiced, I couldn't get anywhere near him. So I sort of like gave that a, sort of a miss then. But then I suppose the great thing about when you turn pro is that there's other avenues, isn't there? Oh, there's absolutely. Not, you know, we, we think about it. I've, I've talked about this um, with Alex Etchers in the previous show on this was talk, there's there's we think growing up that we're going to just play golf yeah yeah but actually when you get into the, the the ranks of professional golf and getting to the PGA there's a number of avenues that you can take and obviously you went into the PGA PGA uh, arena from there yeah no the PGA was great you know isn't it you you just it's changed a little bit now because I think there's when I was my father's assistant, there was three assistants and we'd all play golf. I think the pro thing now, looking at it, there's not as many pro-ams and not as many pros have got assistants like they, you know, the traditional word. But back in the day, it was just the PGA was everything, yeah. you know. Yeah. And which, which avenue sparked it for you? Which avenue? So if some people like to do the coaching, fitting was a, 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 a little bit limited. Probably yeah, about them, there was but no fit. Retail, retail was my thing. I remember many years ago when it all the first thing that dropped for me was I played in the Sunningdale foursomes uh, and I was 16 I think at the time went into my golf bag like it did had no golf glove even though there's like hundreds in the shop I forgot the golf club and I went to Sunningdale at the pro shop asked for a glove and I back it was 80, 1986 I remember it vividly was Keith Maxwell the pro there then? could have been and all the gloves <laughs> They weren't tight list or foot joy. They were Sunningdale golf gloves. Yeah. And he had his own badge on it. And I remember then going, oh, that's 10 pounds. I went, what, for a glove? But I had to buy it. And I looked, I was, and I looked all the way around. I thought, what an unbelievable idea. This guy has got his own brand of glove. Yeah. So I wasn't caring. I didn't think about the golf for the Sunningdale, playing, playing the Sunningdale foursomes. I thought, I've got to get home, tell my dad, we got to get our own range of gloves. Is that right? And that's the only thing I was thinking about. So I knew from that age, it, was, it wasn't, golf was a huge part, but it was, it was retail. Yeah. That was my thing. And when did you then, and where did you go as your first kind of head, head pros post then? I, my dad retired. Okay. Uh, and I took over from him then. And it was fun. We had eight, nine shops. Wow, did you really? Yeah, just I, I just used different to, shops at different clubs. Different clubs. Or? I just said, approach, give me a shop. I'll stock it. I'll pay your commission. And everything, right? You and know, they remain the head. Pro. You, the, you get the retainer. You have all the drinks, the buggies, the repairs, the lessons. You got. I'll stock it. I'll pay. I think it was ten percent commission. But there was a pro. You know, 
think, okay, does it? No outlay. And it was good. It was good fun. And in some ways, then, you're, you're creating almost like your own buying group. And that's what it was, yes. Because if you've got eight shops, you're buying for eight different premises. Therefore, can you go to these manufacturers and get the best deals then? Is that how it kind of works for you? Basically, you can try. And that's how we did. And we, we used to buy lots of deals off companies, end of line stock, and and then the odd and companies would sort of like go out of business and we'd, I'd be there with a lorry and yeah. buy everything. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. And then moving on then a number of years, yeah. you made the move to come out of being a PGA professional, should we say, at a, at a club, club pro position. It, a bit of both going online yeah no a bit of both I, I it was made for me my golf club that i was at it was a, called, a golf course called belmont golf course a beautiful golf course in hereford with a hotel beautiful old country house clubhouse and the owners one day said that's it we're closing down so i thought oh sad day very sad day mm. we try to not say buy it we try to lease it and that okay. was a possibility yeah. and i thought oh, what we're going to do and then we said, well, let's, so let's get selling. And that's how it all started. Right. And then you've got Just Golf Online. Just Golf Online. Which One Up Golf. Online. One Up Golf. Which is a ladies division, which yeah. is great. Uh, I think what else? Golf Punk uh, Media. Okay. Which, is your, which is your newest acquisition, Newest acquisition, which, which, which seemed a great idea at the time, but yeah. needs a bit of work, needs some, but the team here. Uh, are really up for up this for, for the challenge, so which is good. It all links in really, but just golf. But the brands for me, sub seventy owning sub seventy Europe is massive. I think the potential of the brand is it, the the product is, is as good as anything out there. Yeah. Uh, Eleven again, it's another brand, and 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 to see how big a brand we can make it from scratch. Yeah. You know, we are selling to, every, you know, we, we orders every day from America, Australia, all over the world. So I think we could, with a bit of luck, get to where we want to be. And Sub-70 is a brand. I mean, that's that's something that I, I feel over the last, sort of last, certainly last couple of years, has really started to make a move within people understanding the logo, understanding yeah. who they are and what they deliver. Is that, how hard have you had to work on that? Well... I'm very lucky because we've got great partners. Jason uh, in America, who are our American partners who produce all the clubs, develop all the clubs, they are phenomenal. They, they make the best products. Their customer service is excellent. So we've backed on with them, really. Yeah. Uh, so that's very lucky. And again, the direct-to-consumer market is, uh, is growing. The price of the bigger brands is getting more and more expensive. So there is this option now of, so the second-hand market's grown. I think a lot over the last three years, you'll see a lot of the, the second-hand yeah. brands. Clubs for, clubs for cash. I couldn't believe bidder. I was at a golf show. I was talking to some of the guys. I think it is clubs for cash. We were in yeah. Scotland. Scotland. Yeah. I said, how many people have you got working for you? hundred. Wow. And I went, Wow. Now, I've got five of us here, yeah. and I know what we do to have 100. So the second-hand market is massive. And so that price point of half the, the price of the big brands is, is tempting for people. Yeah. And if, if you get the quality as well, it's a double whammy, really. And obviously working with people like myself as a, a YouTuber, yeah. do you feel that that is a new avenue for you? It's a, it's a hugely new avenue. Uh, 
I spent a lot of time analyzing data from different types of marketing and without a, I'm 100% now committed to yourself and less than all the guys who are who are out there working really hard on you know on YouTube and Instagram that that and influencing people I think what I can't do from an advert in a magazine I can tell them how good my brand is yeah but everyone does that you know DFS have always got a sale on you know it's just the norm yeah but when you've got somebody independent telling golfers that these clubs are good and, and, and I think that, that it's huge now. Obviously, you can see by the likes of Rick, uh, Rick Shields and Peter Finch, how big they've got. They're kind of household names in golf now, aren't they? Do you know what? I actually believe, I, I saw a report not long ago, the most influential people in golf. Mm. And Rick Shields was up there. And I actually think he probably wasn't high enough. I would actually put him in the top five. Yeah behind Tiger and behind you know the CEO of Nike or whatever there is up there in the PJ Tour I think he is and people like Rick they are absolutely moving the needle when it comes to um, selling equipment and helping improve the game of golf and, and I don't think it's just selling like equipment I think what the pandemic did for golf has got people out playing golf yeah now the one thing i noticed before the pandemic people would say to me and i was i love i love playing golf even though i'm not a very good golfer anymore as you saw earlier but i'm trying i love golf i love golf I, all about face control it is all about face, and i'm going to work on that good but i love golf and 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 i never had time for golf I just it was all work 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 and when the pandemic hit and people were do you know what i'll go and play golf and then thought do you know what? i'm playing golf with my friends i'm loving that experience of going out with my friends with my family for four or five hours thinking nothing about hitting that little golf ball and then getting into going home and watching how do I get better can't have a golf lesson let's go on YouTube yeah. I want a new set of clubs let's go on YouTube and the YouTubers now are, are everything you know we're going to put our whole faith of our growth of 11 and sub 70 into the hands of you guys YouTubers yeah 100% and coming from sub-70 that you've worked with for a number of years now, um, you know, sub-70 cover, I would say, all areas of the game of golfer. Yeah. So you've got your blades right yeah. the way up to your sort of game improvement, hollow construction yeah. um, product there. We move into 11, and I feel like you've used your experience from your days as, as, as a coach, as a yeah. PJ player yourself, and as you quite rightly said you know 80 to 90 percent of golfers out there members of golf clubs need some help yeah and you feel like you've brought a product now to the market that if people can get around the ego side of things yeah. you think this is the game improvement I, club that can help them it's weird i i say this internally to my my team here i think i have the biggest brand in the world i think i have the one club that is going to change golf forever. I, I genuinely believe that. Yeah. I think that I get phone calls. My phone is on 24-7. I get phone calls. I had a phone call from the United States at midnight of the night 
saying, I just used my clubs and I've just had the best round ever. I go, I'm half, <laughs> half asleep, say, oh, well, well done. You know, I think his name was Jeff. And Jeff phoned me up and said, oh, just my friends love them. And, and, I, and I'm thinking, oh, wow, that's, that's quite incredible. Yeah. But it's now, how do I, I have this magic wand, if you like, I, th- I feel with the levels, just with KBS and the way the clubs perform, that, but how do I tell the world? Yeah. And that is the difficulty about owning your own brand. I'm competing against brands that are billion dollar brands. And you've been to Orlando like with the, with the golf show and you, you, you know, you've got stands the size of football Huge. pitches for one brand. Can't get your head around how big it is with everything yeah. set up out there. And it's just, and you're up against these guys. Yeah. And have I, and will 11 outperform some of these brands? Yeah, it will. But the only way of doing it is, again, going down to the YouTube route, is to say to you YouTubers, here's the product, what do you think? And so far, the reviews have been phenomenal. Great. The facility you've got here in Hereford, obviously, you build on site, don't you? Yeah. So everything all custom came. fit. Nick, your son Nick, is working alongside you, helping you create it. Yeah. Nick's phenomenal what he does. He's a great fitter. Yeah. I'm actually quite pleased that he's not a golf pro per se in the fact that when you're a father, you always want your kids to be tall players. Yeah. I'm quite pleased he's not going through the hardship of it, <laughs> yeah. really, yeah. of being a, a good player but not good enough. I think cause it's just hard. But he, what he does with the, the fittings and the, and the build is... is his attention to detail is phenomenal. Yeah. He's going to need some help soon because I'm shouting it all the time. We need to get these sets. Like he builds every single 11 club from scratch. Wow, okay. And he builds it like he's building it for a tour pro. Yeah. He won't change the, anything about the way he builds them. So every person's getting a, you know, the right spec, weight, finished golf club. Yeah, it's a great setup. It's a fantastic setup. Thank you. And I think just listening to what you're saying there, and I know you've moved away now from actually being a PGA member and you've gone back to almost loving the game again because yeah. you know I've talked about it with, with my guys is that when you when you learn to play the game of golf and when we were kids kicking that ball around the golf course it's you, you, you've got a passion for it and it's your hobby yeah, yeah. when you turn pro you kind of lose that hobby it becomes your life it becomes um, your job and then you know the team game of it disappears because it's all very individual um, but it sounds like now you've kind of found a little bit of the lover game. I, I, I have. I've, I look back at golf and I, 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 you know, I truly love golf. And I think you and all the, everyone who's listened to this would, can relate to this. When you were 12 years old at the golf club and you're with your mates in the summer holidays and you're, everyone's putting and you put 50p in the three putting out or the last man standing, I don't think you have any more fun yeah. on a golf course than that moment being with your friends However much you achieve as a player, I mean, if you ask Rory McIlroy, look back at the most fun you've heard on a golf course. Yeah. You go, do you know what? It's with the junior team when we won this. More Daily than winning. Telegraph. You know what I mean? <laughs> Remember in the Daily Telegraph, you know, he, he would have just been. But now I've got that feeling. But I play with Nick, who's a good player. Yeah. We play, I'm terrible. We he, play in these Texas scrambles. He's in 340 yard bombs. And I can putt a little bit. So it, these team events are great. But I, I am loving golf again. And I, yeah. I miss that a little bit as a pro because it was your life and you played. And 
and you talk and you, you know and then people say after 12 hours in the shop do you want to play nine holes and you go I want to go home. <laughs> but you know, you can relate to that. I know exactly what you mean. You know, I know exactly what you mean. So now it's given me a bit of new lease of life and, you know, using sub-70 product and 11 product and, yeah. and developing that is good fun. So you, just like me, massive supporter of PJ Pros. We, yeah. you know, we've got very, lots of our friends are PJ Pros. Where do you think, and this is, I know this is a difficult question, but where do you think the game of golf is going from a retail point of view? Do you think that we're moving, um, I, I kind of call it a bit like the American market where you're going to walk into pro shops and you might not see as much hardware on the shelf, but you might see more logoed items like you talked about your Sunningdale experience. Yeah. Do you see maybe more of that avenue rather than, um, rather than seeing the old school way of, you know, all the fittings that if go I on If I had one clubs? slight criticism of the PGA over here, it's only slight. When I've gone to America and looked at the PJ of America, when you're a PJ in America, you you just a, a pillar of the community. It's like you're put on a pedestal a little bit by the cl- by the members of the golf club because of the roles, you know, uh, and over here a little bit. You're a PJ Pro. Oh, it's it's not what it once was. Possibly, and oh, maybe that's a bit disrespectful. But it's does just... that? Do you think that's changed though? As in, when your oh, father was a pro, oh, and then when you first got absolutely. into it, because you talk about the, the the lack of pro ams that are happening now, and I remember, you know, when I was 15, 16 years old and watching pros. There was about 90 pro-ams in the region. Oh, absolutely. Of the southwest region. There's so now something's 30. happened, which is, you know, it should be every pro duty at a golf club to organise a pro-am at their f- club. Yeah, and it, should you, the flag, it should be the flagship event. Flagship event of the year. Yeah. And the, that one part of the pro's job at the club is say, right, you want to put the pro-am on, find the sponsorship, find the members, find the helpers. And, if they, and all the pros did that, but they're bogged down with day to, you know, day-to-day things. Yeah which has made it a little bit more difficult. But, you know, the P- without the PGA Pros, where do you go for lessons? Where does the game Absolutely. grow? It's, it's so vital. Yeah. You know, PGA Pros are the key. Yeah. If you want a lesson, you have to go to a PGA Pro. Well, I just want to take this opportunity to thank you for taking the time to come out and, and uh, join me on my podcast. Absolute it's been pleasure. great to spend the, the day with you today. Thank you. Um, chew the fat over many things golf. Yeah, no, and um, hopefully one day... We will get out on the golf course together and uh, and have that game. Superb. Thanks for your time, Richard. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, Dan.